Welcome to another week of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, Steve and Matt, ready to talk about some wrestling. We got a lot to cover this week. We had a great uh, pay-per-view a few weeks ago from AEW, plus a lot of moving parts uh, in the WWE landscape, plus a lot of exciting events happening in AEW Dynamite last Wednesday. But let's first introduce you to the boys, someone who always keeps it regal. Hanging out in Glendale, Steve Groschmidt. How are you, Grabby? Hey, yo. He's bringing the there old one is. back. Doing well, oh, doing yeah. well. Living the dream anytime I get to hang with you guys. Hell yeah, dude. And hanging out in Bayview, freshly squeezed as always, Matt Michelson. How are you, Matt? Mamacita. Ooh. Right, wow, topical too. Tribute to the Latino community tonight by me and Steve. Yeah. Well, the, in my case, the fake. <laughs> the fake <laughs> yeah. Yours was legitimate. <laughs> well, I made my famous uh, enchilada casserole Instant Pot style for my wife nice. and I. We were having a beautiful night, so that's why we cracked open this white wine because it was nice and easy. So I'm excited to have opened it up tonight because we got a lot to cover. Uh, last week, we had a little hiccup. First time in Keep the Kayfabe history where... Uh, the audio recording didn't go as we normally would, but it's a great lesson to learn just to double check and, um, you know, cross the T's and dot the I's. And funny enough, it was our 13th episode. So oh, I'm kind of glad it did happen. So now we kind of checked it, but I hope you guys and gals enjoyed last week's episode, the babies, the baby face episode. That was one when Steve and Matt and I first started kind of practicing and talking wrestling, learning how to, you know, start the podcast. So that was in the bank. So we were happy to uh, throw that up if there was a little hiccup in the system and hope you guys enjoyed the last week's episode. And if you haven't listened to it yet, please go back and uh, check it out. You know, you know, I will say too, uh, this is, is, I'm I'm not making this up that there have been times that I've listened to uh, like the Conrad Thompson podcast, like Tony Schiavone and that, where they talked about how, like there was one time I could remember where he realized that he like missed the whole thing and they had to re in their case, they re-recorded it. So even right. the, even the professionals that have been doing this for years and years and years, it happens, oh, yeah. but, but we're still the award soon to be award-winning podcast. Yeah. Soon to there be. is that, there is that imperfection. That's the, that's the beauty of it. You know, like when the red lights on, just like in wrestling, when they find Anything the red can light, happen. You could wrestle a million matches like Flair, but like maybe sometimes Flair couldn't find the red light in the crowd. I, hey, you know, even Matt Seidel keeps... can even Matt Seidel can jump up on the top rope and fall flat on his face. <laughs> the first time ever oh, on EW. I don't. I still don't like guy. to think about that one. Speaking of Matt Seidel, I don't know how many other podcasts you guys listen to, but I happened to listen to the Chris Van Vliet podcast last week, and Matt Seidel was the special guest on that episode, and. Chris opens up the episode basically just talking about that. Like, okay, we need to talk about the rope slip. Yeah. 
during your debut. And it was kind of interesting. Matt Seidel is really hard on himself um, mm-hmm. is really what it boils down to. And he puts so much pressure on himself to have a great debut. And it sounds like he does in pretty much all of his matches. Um, I didn't really know who he was when he was Evan Bourne in WWE, but ever since, you know, he's been in AEW, AEW does a really good job putting over their stars. He's appeared on a couple podcasts. I've gotten to see some more material with him and yeah, amazing, uh, airborne wrestler just all kinds of aerial moves he can do and even non-aerial moves standing moonsaults um you know a lot of things that i think we see pretty commonly now in AEW and other promotions as well but yeah man matt seidel definitely someone to start following if you well ready and i i assume we'll get to it at some point but um his match with cage last week was outstanding the kickoff was uh, dynamite so yeah and and i wanted and i was kind of excited to see that match but like you guys said anytime i hear the name matt seidel i do remember that turnbuckle slip and that it's i feel so bad for the dude and there's nothing he can do about it i mean this is going to be a a ball and chain that he's going to have to carry for the rest of his life but i think the more we talk about it the more it just you know get it out in the open and the guy can move on i hope he does because he is ultra ultra talented very talented I agree. And I, I think it'll pass with time. I mean, you think yeah. of guys like Brock Lesnar who had that shooting star press. Oh, yeah. Almost went really, really bad. On his neck. So scary. That yeah. was worse. Yeah, yeah definitely. And oh, I, yeah. It's a good thing that he's still able to wrestle. <laughs> um, but well, think about all the things Brock Lesnar's done since then where you don't even really think about that shooting star press a whole lot anymore. Yes, it's there, no. but there's so many other things he's done since then that come so, to mind before that does. So I, I hope the same is true for Matt Seidel at some point. I remember, uh, I don't remember if it was the WWE or the, uh, or end up or WCW NWA, but I remember Hawk from the road warriors, you know, and he would like leap over the top rope and there was a time that he, you know, pulled back on the rope left over it his feet caught and he landed in, you know the freaking road warriors the biggest badasses there were yeah yeah he fell on his ass like trying to jump in the ring it happened well, sh- shout out to WrestleBotch uh on yeah. instagram one of our favorite instagram follows they show all that stuff and yeah i mean yeah even the best of them all it, yeah. it slips them up and i know the guy will carry on probably give it a year and it'd be a good uh, trivia question to keep in mind, and you're hearing it first on Keep the Kayfabe. Who was the guy that was supposed to take the bump off of that? Willie Ice Train Jones. Yeah. Hobbs. Yeah. Looking up at the <laughs> lights. Yep. Should not, should have taken that bump, didn't have to. That was supposed to be a big moment for Hobbs. Because they're supposed like, to be. oh, supposed Will to be a big Hobbs. moment for Matt Seidel, too. And it was, exactly. but not for the right reasons. Both oh. those guys got bright futures. They both yep. do. Yes. For and sure. a lot of work to do still. But anyway, speaking of bright futures, and um, never mind. Speaking <laughs> of. I don't know what happened there. I don't know either. I had a good segue, but then somebody said bright you futures. And you just paused. I, if, I, if I had to guess, I would have endeavored. What you meant to say was speaking of not bright futures. Yeah. Right? Well, or I had so, something. Or speaking of future endeavored. 
I had something to deal with cars in like a garage or like speaking of something that was humming like a finely tuned engine. Let's get to full gear. Uh, uh, AEW. Oh, yeah. AEW is um, in the garage tuning up for a fine pay-per-view and it's a episode that we wanted to review last week and uh, didn't, but we're going to touch on it anyway for just a little bit. Um, we're going to go over the records as you all know, since you are the loyal listeners, you know that I am the current champion, five and one. Steve and Matt, the best friends, we're three and three. Give the people um, what they want, always. And and after this pay per view, they are still the best friends. That Steve and Matt still have the same record. They from our prediction show for Full Gear, they um, came out and improved their record to I think eleven and five or ten and five. I believe it was. That feels um, right. sure. I'll I dropped the winning. Record. I dropped two. I dropped two matches. Um, so I'm still on top, but I, I nar- Steve and Matt, the best friends, have narrowed the gap on me. Um, I am now currently, I believe, eleven and three. So yeah, so it'd be ten and four. I don't have the num- the records in front of me. All I know is Charlie, who isn't here tonight because there is a Chicago Bears game. Charlie, a diehard, diehard um, Chicago Bears fan, uh, isn't joining us. But he did pick a perfect um, AEW full gear card, and he went eight and zero. Just coming in and making a statement. Not leading in the wins column yet, so he can't be the champ, but it's only a matter of time. You got to participate participate on Keep the Kayfabe to become the champ. Well, you know, also, I the only thing I'll say about Charlie's record, yeah, it's easy to hotshot anybody. I mean, but look at what tends to happen there. You have guys like Lance Archer who gets hotshotted every once in a while and then just kind of hangs out in AEW booking purgatory. And then you have guys like Charlie who get hot shotted and call a perfect card on full gear, but yeah, we don't see him here tonight. So well, and karma is gonna suck too when the Bears lose because I bet if right now. Charlie did come on the pod tonight. Maybe that would bring him a little luck, and the Bears won't blow it. But the Bears will blow it because they're the Bears, and I know he'll listen to this episode and he'll be kicking himself later, just like always. But anyway. Uh, great full gear. I thought there was a lot of good uh, highs and lows in this uh, last pay-per-view. Coming off of a pretty bad pay-per-view of All Out, um, I thought they bounced back nicely. I mean, obviously, the hot spots were Kenny Omega and uh, Hangman Adam Page leading off the show, putting on basically a five-star match. Uh, FTR versus the Young Bucks, changing of the titles, Young Bucks, um, winning over FTR and also a five-star match. But uh, some of the deeper cuts, too, um, where the card didn't disappoint was Orange Cassidy and um, what's his name? Jack John Silver? Silver. John. John Silver. John, John that Silver. was a unexpected, awesome match. Plus, let's not forget about Darby Allen being victorious retain or um, winning the TV TNT championship belt versus Cody Rhodes. So a lot of fun moving parts there. Um, Boys, did you want to touch on any of your favorite parts for the uh, listening audience if they haven't heard already? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week. Unfortunately, nobody ever heard it, but 
Um, I feel like the TNT championship match was my match of the night. Um, To your point, Mike, there was a lot of really great matches on this card a couple of them five-star matches for sure but in my mind the tnt championship was just great we've seen darby allen get built up since the very first episode of dynamite and cody has sort of played hot potato with the title not in a bad way i think he's done a great job making it seem like a prestigious enough title where it feels like more than a tv championship or like the intercontinental championship in wwe um, you know, it, it, it's more than that. So I think it was really great for them to finally put it on Darby Allen. They're definitely paying off sort of what they've been building to. Um, Darby's definitely over with the crowd. He's got just a, a different character, a different set of moves. He is truly a one of a kind wrestler in AEW. Right. And it is, it is a refreshing uh, image too, like uh, to have something so different in Darby Allen. I've never seen a wrestler do the things that Darby Allen's done. He doesn't look like anybody else. He, he's like, even from the past he, or nor anybody current. And he's doing things that nobody's ever done, which is so hard in wrestling. I feel like because of how many wrestlers that have came before him, it's very hard to be original. Um, and I, I like AEW's move to put the strap on Darby Allen to be the face of uh, AEW dynamite show. So, and if that means having the strap on him, we see more of Darby Allen. I'm here for it for sure. Same. Yeah, you know, you know, one of the nice things that AEW does is like people could try to dismiss them as like, oh, you know, you got some former, you know, you're just riding off the coattails of WWE stars. But that's not really the case. I mean, Moxley's the champ, sure, and all that. But mm-hmm. they're doing a nice job with like Cassidy and Darby yep. and like building these guys that weren't tried and true over in WWE. So I think they, I don't know, their formula is really all around good. And I, I'm totally on board with Darby. Uh, my match mm-hmm. of the night was the tag team match. I thought that was just outstanding. Um, Most definitely. With a close runner up to the uh, hangman, um, Kenny Omega. I'm super excited and I've been saying it for weeks. Kenny Omega is your next. And in um, NXT, your next AEW champion. I think that's my stone cold pick. I think that is a sure thing that when he meets Moxley, he's going to beat him. And I think he's going to be an outstanding heel champion. I agree 100%. And what's really exciting about that is they just announced that we get to see John Moxley versus Kenny Omega on an episode of Dynamite. They're not going to wait until the next pay-per-view. So I want to say it's coming up in just a few weeks. So hopefully, uh, I don't know how much you guys pay attention to the ratings. Typically, AEW tends to trend anywhere between, I want to say 700,000 and 900,000 viewers a week, depending on the week. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Right, but there was a week where they surpassed a million. So Mm -hmm. I would not be shocked if if they're going to do it again anytime soon. Moxley versus Kenny Omega is going to be the week it happens. I think that's a great right. call. I think that match is going to be outstanding and it's going to, they're going to build it up. Right. You know, they got the, I think the contract signing is this week um, yeah. or soon. And um, that match is just going to be amazing. And it's going to, it's going to print money for him. Yeah. Not only did uh, full gear come off as like a solid pay-per-view just from uh, viewership and um, match uh, outcomes, they really did set themselves up for, weeks and weeks to come as far as storytelling goes with the most popular belts with these changing of hands. So um, really, really exciting stuff. As um, I mentioned before, there was a lot of great stuff, but some of the low points, the lowest match in in my opinion was the Sheeta versus Nyla Rose match. I thought there was going to be a little bit more to that. It was, it came off as pretty sluggish. 
Um, I kind of ripped on the uh, outfits last week. I said Nyla Rose in the blue just doesn't like they got to do something better with her outfits. I mean, the match was so sloppily, uh, so sloppy. I just didn't find a lot of bright spots. Plus Sheeta, I don't know what they are doing with this women's division, but it seems like the outfits, they're kind of like just giving um, whatever loose garments are available backstage. They're just kind of shooting it towards the women because they look like bad women out <laughs> yeah. there. Wow. And it looks like goodwill is just basically thrown all over them and they got to go out there and wrestle a match. Yeah. But I mean, we are going to get into some new developments with the AEW's women division because they really do need it uh, after the full gear performance. But Dynamite, they there is a response. But we'll get to that later in the show. Sorry, Matt. No, I was just I was just going to add to that. I, I Everything you said is spot on. This match was pretty sloppy. Um, there were some good moments in it. It was a lot more violent than I expected. I think there, for those of you who watched the match, there was a spot where Nyla Rose goes for the pin, gets a two count, and then pulls Sheeta up like she's not done with her. Yeah. Game, which I thought was a really cool spot. And then we get to see yeah. Sheeta do the same thing a couple minutes later. That really got my attention, got me excited, got me into the match. And they built to um, what Brian Alvarez said would have been a perfect finish. And then they kept going. And that's where it all went off the rails. So. You know, I, I, I don't know. There's probably a lot of good explanations for it. I think they had a good match, but then they just took it a little too long. Had they stopped it when they should have, I think it would have been received a lot more. I don't know. It would have had a lot better reception by the AEW fan base. Right. Yeah, I think, I think there's a good foundation being built with the women's division. It's not there yet. I think uh, if I were running it, I would have Nyla Rose go back to like dark and just, you know, squash people week after week and kind of hone her skills a little bit more she right. like i mean they should be setting her up with like thunder rosa or somebody like that really can put on some good matches there's some good wrestlers in there i just think they gotta figure it out like like penelope we saw her um have that outstanding match at a couple pay-per-views ago yeah. and now yeah. she's just not she's not on dynamite anymore other than just being a quiet valet but Which she is proved a shame. she can wrestle. Serena Deeb yeah. is an excellent. I mean, every match I've seen with Serena Deeb since she's come over has been great, including that woman she wrestled like two weeks ago that I didn't even know who that was. But like, so I mean, they they, they got to really focus on their strengths because it's it's yeah, it's not it's certainly not at the level of an NXT or um. Actually, I'll just leave it at NXT. I don't think the uh, I, I want to add the WWE to that. I think they got all the talent in the world. They just don't book their women's division very well. Yeah, agree with that. Well, speaking of that, uh, the WWE um, made a bold move. Well, one of the women in uh, the WWE main roster made a bold move by uh, tweeting, we need to unionize. And that is someone named Zelina Vega, uh, the valet for Andrade, right? And um, Thea Trinidad uh, is her real name. Or at least her other wrestling name. I don't know if it's a real name, but... (laughs) she's an incredible character she's an incredible talent it sounded like they wanted to push her like vince even came out and said we want to give her a push because of her talent because she really did uh, a really phenomenal job in a era where the valets are kind of forgotten and not valued as high as i guess they used to they're kind of like an accessory but they always uh, valets have always been kind of accessories to a certain extent but then sometimes they really did like carry the team or the match. Yeah. I she kind of like, 
yeah, she was kind of like um, a second coming of that, like kind yeah, of getting I, it more relevant. What she relevant. did for Andra- Andrade was, I mean, he was going nowhere in exactly. NXT. And, and they Andrade's paired those two talented. together. Yeah, and they paired those two together, and he has been great ever since. So, I mean, yeah, she she was a huge part of that character being redeemed. Big time. Yeah. Um, well, she did uh, tweet, we need to unionize, basically, you know, as a lot of people uh, may or may not know, wrestlers are basically like contractual workers. They don't get health benefits. They got to take care of a lot of their travel, sometimes their hotels. I mean, they get a stipend. I don't know the total ins and outs, but they're not treated as well as a lot of us think they are. I mean, the ones that like, you know, the, the triple H's or like the John Cena's the, like the ones that are ultra rich, they're rich because they live like shit for like 15 years or maybe 10 years, something like that. And these are basically what a lot of the people that aren't, in that um status are living like and um in these times that are so tough uh covid right now a lot of uh wrestlers are going to other means of income because it's different um they they have a little bit more time on their hands and maybe they're recognizing like hey i'm kind of sitting on my ass a little bit uh, I can be making more money. I want to work, but if I'm not getting the storyline, if I'm not getting the push, I'm not getting the rub. Well, what am I supposed to do? Well, maybe I'll go on Twitch. Maybe I'll do cameos. Maybe I'll do yeah. something. Well, that's what a lot of these wrestlers are doing, but a lot of um, there's, there's, there's been a lot of pushback and a lot of overreach in my opinion, the WWE is having on these um other means of superstars income. yeah yeah and they're uh saying well selena vega basically runs a pretty successful twitch account from what i understand i don't know a ton about twitch but i can tell you i know a hundred percent more than vince mcmahon does because <laughs> apparently vince mcmahon does not like his stars selena vega plus everybody else that has one that have Age. any kind of yep. um income rather than focusing solely on the wwe so I saw something about this uh, when Zelina Vega was first released. And it was, I think the most controversial part of all this was the timing. So mm-hmm. Zelina Vega was released by WWE within an hour of her tweeting something about. Actually, it was 10 minutes. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. I, and I didn't know the exact number. Yeah, like yeah. 10, 15 minutes. It, it was just an insanely short period of time. Yeah. Everybody on the planet who saw this thought, is this a coincidence? I don't know about that. Um. But regardless of that, uh, I think that was initially what created a bad perception of yeah. why she might have been released. But later on, it was, I guess, it what came out, and this is coming from Dave Meltzer. Um, she supposedly was released prior to tweeting that. So her tweet oh. that was almost a reaction to her being released. Mm. So the actual reason what I've heard from her being released is – to Mike's point, she had a very successful Twitch account. She still does, from my understanding. Yeah. And Vince McMahon approached her. They've, there's been a lot of talks recently about uh, WWE superstars having contracts that have been modified because of their Twitch accounts, their cameo accounts, things like that. Vince wants to bring that all under one umbrella um, right. and make that either a WWE partnership or product or have them not even involved with it at all. And 
I, from my understanding, that's what they approached Selena Vega about. And basically what they told her was you either give up your Twitch account and the rights to it, just like all these other superstars are doing, or yeah. you're fired. And she chose option B, like to be fired. And I, you know, this is pure speculation at this point. And again, this is coming from Dave Meltzer a little bit, but supposedly her Twitch account is very successful, maybe even so to the point where she does better off of that right. than from her WWE contract. So, right. you know, thinking about it a little bit, yes, there's some poor perception. It's leading to, you know, bad press for WWE. At the same time, it could be a good thing for Selena Vega. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Mike, I know you had mentioned this. She is a fantastic valet and and was for Andrade, especially if you go back to NXT. She was a, incredible. Great facials, great uh, expression alongside the ring. Uh, she's just great at playing a heel manager. Uh, and what we got to see later on is her moveset and her actual in-ring acumen are also fantastic. So I have no doubt she's going to do well in whatever she does. She's going to carry on with her Twitch account. If that's all that comes out of this, great. Good for her. Good for her sticking up for herself. And then even beyond that, once her no-compete clause with WWE is up, which I, I've i heard I think is like 90 days, yeah. she could very well be getting a call from Cody or someone at AEW to say, hey, we could really use someone in our women's division where, you know, I don't know that they've really shown that they can, you know, promote their women's division as well as we would hope. But maybe there's a chance that she's the one to help that division become more of a breakout sensation. We'll see. I honestly think she would be the perfect person to start the conversation for a movement for better um, uh, treatment for these wrestlers who are contractual. Because I did some research and about the um, the union that actors all belong to. What do you know? What it's called, guys? The uh, Screen Actors Guild. Yeah, the, like the, anybody who reads like a script and is like a performer on TV. And the WWE is the longest running TV show on TV, as they boast all the time. But their wrestlers, for some odd reason, don't fall under the street Screen Actors Guild unionization where they have any type of protection. And I don't know how that happened, if uh, that was just long put in place uh, with Vince McMahon Sr. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, this whole issue of unions has been going on forever in WWE. Uh, Jesse the Body, yeah. his first run in WWF, got into trouble over this because he was trying to stir people up into a union. And that's like... And Bruiser led, Brody as well. Yeah, and that's what led to his initial demise in WWF. So, mm -hmm. I mean, this has been, like, as long as yeah. Junior... As long as Vince Junior has been around for sure, this exactly. has been an issue. Right. Um, I guess I was I was just looking it up earlier. Um, have you guys heard, have heard of OnlyFans? As yeah. A, you know, yeah. I think so, but so what I'm hearing or what I'm reading is that that was like the final straw for her was basically that she had opened up this OnlyFans account that she was making a shit ton of money off of, and they yeah. they viewed that as like a breach of contract type thing or something. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, be that as it may, for, though, it's used for more like pornographic, like, well, lingerie. They said and stuff. I don't think. Yeah, I think it's probably. But I don't think she would. She was doing anything. Uh, I don't know. She probably I, wasn't going too far with it, other than like right. swimsuits and stuff. But it's no, not I'm, like she's saying Selena Vega of the WWE. Right. Gonna, yeah. You know, I think my ass cheeks tonight for twenty five bucks when you sign up or something like that. I don't. Um. 
I don't know. I mean, it's above my pay grade to weigh in on like, you know, like if a union is the answer in wrestling, I just don't know enough. But what I do feel is that with this whole issue of these other means of social media, Twitch and all that, um, I think WWE is just out of touch. And I think this is blowing up for them because you see how upset they've made people like Paige and AJ Styles. And I think, they're going to lose people over this. And I don't know, and I don't know if they have it in them or they're going to backpedal or kind of um, make concessions or work out something. But if they don't, I think this is going to be like a big crack in the foundation for them. Exactly. That they, they overthought this, that they, that, you know, they can, you know, there's alternatives now. Now exactly. Tony Khan might have more money than Vince McMahon, but I mean, they're not going to buy, they're not going to get every single person that leaves WWE, but there is alternatives out there. And if Vince thinks that he can keep people indentured servants where they can't do these other popular methods of making money, they'll go somewhere where they can. Well, Vince, Vince just still thinks the most, the, the biggest way to make money off the people that are employed under him is by wrestling in a ring which is so far from the truth in this day and yeah. age. The guy, all he thinks that exists in the world is wrestling. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this is like almost the perfect opportunity for Stephanie and Hunter to go in there and be like, listen, dad, like this is the time to like pivot. Like COVID is giving you a golden opportunity to think outside the box of just the wrestling ring and be a traveling circus of stuntmen <laughs> that put their lives online, going through tables and throwing chairs at one another. Like, yo, you can get ultra, ultra rich. Cause I know you love money. And that's the saddest thing. The dude is so successful and has so much money beyond belief. Why the hell is he trying to take crumbs away from talent? that are no. under him because they're doing better than ever. And I mean, they had to fire a lot of people to do it too. <laughs> yeah. He's so rich that, and I mean, we're never going to be as rich as him if we tried 10 type 10 lifetimes to be. I so know. just let the people make the fucking money. Yeah. It's, just, I agree. it's weird. I, yeah. And to your point, Mike, I, I, I don't know if it would necessarily be crumbs. Like, I don't know how much these people are making on Twitch. If, if it's truly enough well, compared to Vince, Compared to Vince, it's crumbs. Oh, totally. Well, I, but, I don't but, it, but it is significant, especially yeah. for a oh, lot of for them. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But Vince McMahon status crumbs. Yeah. Right. Maybe but I do agree with say. you. I do agree with you that this is a bit of an overreach because you know yep. it, it's one thing if a superstar has it in their contract that anything they do related to WWE or their image or anything like that is used for monetary gain outside of WWE. So like, for example, if Rusev had started up his Twitch account saying, Hey, I'm Rusev from WWE, follow me on Twitch. And it came after the fact that WWE has the rights to that. Okay. That's one thing. But what we've heard for the most part from a lot of podcasts, a lot of sources that we listen to, that are pretty well respected is that contracts are being modified after the fact to account for superstars cameos twitch accounts things like that like basically it's coming across at least that vince has determined oh there's opportunities for me to make more money off of these superstars based on something they're already doing and then leveraging them like uh the xavier woods new day yes up up down down i guess their youtube channel is owned by wwe Plus, Alexa Bliss just came out with this new podcast, which is 
owned by the WWE, I'm assuming too. So they already have superstars in the company that do these offshoot uh, things compared to wrestling. And he's like, well, if they're not under me, then I'll find somebody who will. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, it's the, the, I think that's the worst part of this whole situation is it's very easy for Vince to strong arm people into basically doing whatever he wants, it, even if that That's means rich. giving them his business. And unfortunately, a lot of the superstars in WWE come from a background that isn't really in business, right? Like right. we're starting to see it more and more where they have college degrees. Like look at AEW. You take someone like Luchasaurus who has a master's degree in like right. literature or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's clearly a very well-educated person. Yeah. But that's not always the case. Like and the only it, person that I can think of that came out of it is Triple H. And he had to marry into the family. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So, so all I'm getting at here is Vince is given how the superstars are and who he has working for him. It's very easy for him to strong arm these people into giving up their, you know, secondary sources of income and bringing them in under the WWE umbrella. Cause, cause these, unfortunately these people don't know any better, but then you have someone like Zelina Vega who stands up for herself and says, no, I, yeah, go ahead, fire me this is ridiculous. We need to unionize, but more importantly, I'm keeping my Twitch account because I have control, full control over this. And if she can make just as much money, if not more than WWE using her Twitch account, more power to her. The other thing is, so in real life, Alistair Black, Zelina Vega, our husband and wife. So this gives another opportunity for Alistair Black to have more visibility outside of WWE as well. Now, the only downside to this is we've seen what's been happening with Lana getting put through tables every week ever since Miro went to AEW. My only hope is that Alistair Black doesn't get punishment booked because of this situation. That's all. He wants to go back down to NXT, I heard. I read that. Yeah, he wanted, yeah, he, yeah, he he did so much better on NXT. Right. He actually, you know, when him and Ricochet both came up at the same time and they paired them as a tag team, yeah, it was kind of like an odd pairing, but some it worked. It did. It worked yeah. way better than like Sheamus and Cesaro and those or Nakamura and Cesaro right now, like odd pairings. But those two, I was like, all right, I'm I here agree. for that. For I sure. don't think either guy has done much higher yeah. than that since they've been on the main roster. For real, it would. It's it just yeah. It was a really nice, well-balanced uh, tag team. I mean, both are tough as shit. Both are pretty aerial, but both can wrestle too. But I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll punish him per se. I don't think they'll put him through tables every week. But I, I don't know what the hell are they doing with him? He's such a once in a generation talent, and they're just wasting him. Uh, well, you know how Vince kind of likes to have all of his little looks. You know, like uh, who like. Uh, fucking our truth is like the rapper. I got the rapper, mm-hmm. and then uh, Alistair Black is like, you know how Gangrel was like to the goth people. Yeah, like, you're my hot topic. Yeah. you know we sell a lot of t-shirts at Hot Topic, so Alistair Black, we gotta get you one. And you know, <laughs> it's like he just fills the fucking holes of like every yeah. kind of demographic, like Jinder Mahal, like when they wanted to make a big push to have more uh, network subscriptions in India. They fucking put the belt on Jinder Mahal and the Singh brothers are getting their shit kicked in by Randy Orton, which was the only time I really enjoyed watching uh, Randy Orton wrestle when he was just throwing the Singh <laughs> brothers, like with no... I actually, uh, 
That's one of the reasons I was 100% behind the Jinder Mahal title reign because he beat Randy Orton every fucking time they wrestled. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. pretty great. The Punjabi would, prison. I, oh, God. That match. I, I don't care who the wrestler is. If they beat Randy Orton, they're my... Yeah. Yeah, yeah where the great Kali came out. Yeah, yeah. I like Jinder, too. I think... Uh, I, Where I is think he? he, he, he I think he's been hurt. Oh. But... Uh, Nobody made more of their opportunity. I mean, that dude—you can't—you can't fault him. He—he, he, you know, from from Jobber with the was it what is the three minute warrant? No, what was it? What was the group? Oh, oh. three man band. Yes. Um, from yeah, look at look at that group. I mean, Drew McIntyre, uh, Jinder Mahal, world champions. Oh, Alberto Del Rio was in there too, right? No, it was uh, Heath Slater. You what was the, the one where it was like the Continental? The League of Nations. There it is. Yeah, like you know, like okay, we're gonna we're gonna put an Irish guy, a Mexican guy, an English guy. <laughs> yeah, that's and, uh, exactly we're gonna what put it Shango in there. Yeah, uh, you know, like he's a fucking nutbag. Like, yeah, I just don't. I, I, I'm so. I, I mean, I'll admit, I I don't watch WWE really anymore. I read the results because that doesn't give any money to Vince McMahon. But uh, I just, I don't know. I just. And I just, I think so much of this is we're just at such an interesting time. And, you know, Vince, yeah. at the end of the day, WWE is making money hand over fist. They're in no danger of going away. Yeah. But I do think, like I said, maybe it'll never amount to more than it, but there's cracks on the foundation and the yep. building's never going to come down. But I think they're just out of touch with certain things. And in my in my naive world, I mean, I'm just making this shit up. I don't have any reason to like insight into things. I just, I, I just would love to know what like Triple H is thinking yeah. in his head for real. Like, you know, like he it's, has his finger on the pulse of wrestling. I mean, NXT like is 100% him, and it's one, and, and it's he's done an amazing job with it. You know, he thinks differently than Vince, but as long as the old man's there, he's never going to really get the creative vision of his own. And I just, I just, I would love to know what he's really thinking. It feels so many parallels are going on with wrestling and what's happening with like our current president and the children in there, you know, how the who's president good friends with who's good friends with Vince McMahon yeah, and, and his wife's on the uh, cabinet. cabinet. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, our current president won't concede but it sounds like the kids are trying to go in there and talk some sense into them, but they won't listen. Same thing is happening with Vince. And I feel like, again, this was like a great opportunity for Hunter and Stephanie to go in and be like, I'm ready to run this company and have Vince be like, that's all I need to hear. I needed to hear that pushback and know that the uh, company's in good hands, but you know, he's never going to say that. Like he's never going to die forever. I think he's, yeah, there's no indication he's going to die. Um, and I do think that, you know, Zelina, I mean, I think the world of Zelina Vega and she's going to land on her feet and do awesome. But I would think if, you know, from a Vince McMahon, like just strict business standpoint, that that's probably to him, like an easy example to be made out of, like, she's not world yep. championship material. So it's like, we're going to make a, we're going to, we're going to, you know, you shut up with that union, union stuff. We're going to, look exactly what happened what to her. Was. Like, but yeah, but I mean, if if an AJ Styles or somebody else starts acting up, mm-hmm. I wonder what they'll do. I hope she becomes that Joan of Arc for uh, for the WWE. Speaking of Joan of Arc, we're firing in all cylinders here tonight. Here on uh, Keep the Kayfabe. Yeah, and if you haven't followed already, uh, follow us on Instagram. 
on Keep the Kayfabe um, for all good wrestling memes. Uh, is it George or Greg? Greg the Hammer Valentine. Um, <laughs> old school pictures and quotes and uh, just all things fun. You know, um, Mike, I, I just want to say I'm really glad you stopped, thought about it, and then came out with the right name this week. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I got to pump the brakes Progress. a little bit. Yeah. Because Greg, Greg's actually not really that amused by you messing up his name. Like, I had to talk him off the ledge a little bit. He was gonna, he come, he was gonna come after you, basically. Oh, well, really? yeah. He told, he, that's not what he told me. He told me he was like, "Let him think that I'm gonna mess with him." He was. Oh, just, good. He was just texting me the frown face emojis, kind of like his, that's his actual face. Yeah. Yeah. Is which he was probably just like, "This is what I think," and it's nothing. Like you guys are nothing. So we got to work harder. Yeah. Um, and we'll get there. And speaking of getting there, holy shit, what a promo uh, for, uh, is it Jade Cargill? Yes. AEW coming out on uh, last week's Dynamite, talking some smack to Cody Rhodes. And I had no idea who this girl was, this woman, this cut, uh, beautiful woman. uh, Stunning. Stunning. Unbelievable. And she was was out there uh, talking – some smack to Cody Rhodes, and I had no idea who she was, but she immediately grabbed my attention. Uh, basically, what was the gist of what she was saying? Just like, Cody, you suck. Well, because uh, he had made some comment, I think, recently about being a giant killer, okay. and she took exception to that. And like, mm-hmm. and that was basically the foundation, and she promised a surprise, which she did reveal, and she dropped the name Shaq, which, oh, yeah. of course, we can talk about is like, does that literally mean that the big Mr. diesel Shaquille O'Neal is going to be showing up in some capacity either or, to wrestle or, or, or back somebody. Or it's I, like the shock master and somebody, instead of the stormtrooper helmet, they're wearing a shack. <laughs> oh, that'd be so great. I, I really wish I had seen this promo live. I unfortunately was watching something else at the time. And what, what on earth to, could you be watching on a Wednesday night? That is, I honestly that don't day. remember, but unfortunately I don't have cable, so I can't watch. Uh, Dynamite Live, at least without a lot of messing around. But uh, I did get a group. Bones. Bones was having a marathon on TBS. You were watching Nova on PBS. God, I wish. Um, So I I ended up getting a group text from Mike, Steve, and Charlie. And my phone just starts blowing up. And I'm like, what (laughs) on earth is going on? So they had mentioned the name Jade Cargill. So I Google this person. And right away, you know, all these pictures pop up. And I'm thinking like, holy crap, who is this? And just based on the text messages, I'm like, something special is happening here. So prior to recording this podcast, I go online, I watch the segment with Jade, Brandy, and Cody. And I honestly don't know, like, I like to break down these segments for our listeners here and keep the kayfabe, but I actually don't even know how to say it any better than actually, and I I don't want to give them credit because I know we have a divided audience here on the show, but Jim Cornette actually gave a really great review of this segment and he and his co-host were laughing so hard. And essentially what they describe it as is it's so bad. It's good. And I didn't really know what they meant by that, but after watching it, I totally get exactly by it. And, And Mike, you know, talked a little bit a few minutes ago about how Jade comes out and well, what's the gist of the promo? Well, you know, after five minutes, it's basically that Cody's not a giant killer. 
she could have just said that, gotten straight to the point, let the silence hang there. There was even a moment during her promo where you could see Cody looking at his watch and looking at her like, are you going to get to the point? And even yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Like, There's probably just, a lot of nerves. She was probably pretty nervous. Oh, absolutely. And the one thing that really caught me off guard with this promo, and I didn't realize it until a few minutes in, this was so heavily scripted. And yeah. I don't think AEW really does scripted promos. So this no, was I don't think, not like WWE. No, not at all. So this was kind of strange to me. Um, but there was a lot of weird, like, flirting and hatred and back and forth between flirting and hatred between Jade and Cody. And so this promo between them ends. Jade's walking up the ramp. We see Brandy Rhodes walk out just on fire, mad. I believed every word she said. Oh, yeah. I don't think it was a work at all. No. And just gets up in Jade Cargill's face and will not let her turn away from her. Won't let her. It was amazing. Like if you haven't seen this promo between Brandy and Jade, you've got to go on YouTube. Just look it up. It's not very long, but it says more than Jade said in five minutes. She, she gave the shot in the arm to the women's division that it needed in AEW. And what Cody Rhodes has done for the, you know, putting people over on his own um, promotion basically Brandy is stepping into that role and she's been getting a lot of heat by like not contributing enough like where's Brandy like what is she doing like she's not doing shit and basically she hasn't well this was like she brought a little street onto the show um, I think at the end she called her a heifer that was yeah, pretty funny. she yeah. sure and, did uh, she sure did I was like holy shit where did I mean, that come from I talked to you guys in the beginning uh, before we uh, hit the record button, actually. And um, <laughs> I said, like, I was in the other room and my wife, Kristen, was in the other half of the basement and I had my iPad up full blast. And I'm like, are you hearing this? And she's like, yeah. Like, what are you <laughs> watching in there? This is crazy. Like, this is sounds like Jerry Springer. It was like, <laughs> it's like the streets came in and I loved it. It's like, yeah, what the Brandy needs. Brandy desperately needed that. I, I mean, I, I know Brandy's talented. I have nothing against her. I just feel like, like I have said this in the past as well. I just got so sick and tired of Cody coming out with her and his entourage. And it's just, I just don't think it benefited anybody, but that fire she showed, it's like, holy yeah. shit, she does have it in her. And right. uh, I hope it goes somewhere further because that was the best Brandy we've seen since AEW started. Absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And um, I hope Cody will give her a little uh, leash to go on too, because sometimes I feel like Cody tries to steal more of the spotlight for himself. Cause uh, she kind of has like, we, we need her to be like the princess Diana of AEW right now. <laughs> what? Diana AEW, car crash. Women, well, the women's, well, the oh. women's division is a car crash right now in AEW. Wow. So, wow. Harsh. Uh, we need uh Brandy to put it on its back. I mean, we could. No, no, we don't need Brandy to put it on its back. We have, we have the savior and her name is Thunder Rosa. <laughs> Are we sure? Like, well, she she's not w. signed officially yet, but I think, I think it's in the, I think it's going to happen. Well, I, she's I going for the, she's, she's going to wrestle Serena Deeb, uh, either this week or soon on, um, dynamite. Excellent. Well, and, um, what was I going to say? Cargill. It sounds like she's going to be in the mix. She signed. Right? And I hear she's, uh, 
like just incredibly like a badass too. I've she's never like a fitness, and I think she does like she's got her own like fitness company and stuff. But yeah, yeah. I don't know where. Yeah, I don't. I mean, they officially, you know, when they do that, so and so is all elite. Like that that on social media that signifies that they officially signed them. She is officially signed now. I don't know. Great. I guess we'll find out week to week what capacity if she's going to be a valet, if she's going to be a wrestler. Um, she kind of reminds me, she, I mean, she, except the fact that she talks, I don't know if you guys watched in NWA, but um, Camille, Camilla or Camille, Camille. I can't remember now if it is an A at the end or E. I didn't watch. I Camille, but she, you know, like she's kind of, you know, super ripped, like, uh, like Bianca Belair ripped. Yeah. So I think, you know, if they, I think even if, even if uh, Jade doesn't have like a massive amount of um, skill yet, they could have her squash people um, and kind of work up to it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Adding both those dynamic pieces were definitely something that the AEW needed. Um, we did see Pac return, right? In person. Yes. Finally. Yeah, pretty exciting. I actually, I mean, I'm not going to take a lot of credit, but I, as that situation was developing, my spidey sense was saying, I think they're setting this up for Pac to come back because it's like, what the hell? And, you know, Tony Schiavone was like, um, starting to close call. the last 10 minutes of the yeah, show. Yeah. And Shivani was like calling out, um, um, Kingston for like, what the heck, what are you doing to these brothers? And I'm sitting there at home, like, what is he doing? Like this, he is like getting off on these guys, like destroying yeah. themselves and ripping their masks off. And like, I sat there the whole time, like, what is the end game here? And then when Pac came out, I mean, I don't know who's, seems like it's going to be a heel versus heel thing or something, or maybe Pac's going to be an anti-hero, but um, I'm excited. I think, I mean, he is, he, he, everything he's done in AEW has been great. He's awesome. And uh, COVID kept him away. And I think um, Ooh, and he's him coming back, he is, he is, he is going to give them a shot he's in the arm. Stirring, like nothing. He's stirring harder than he was stirring teas and being stuck in Great Britain. Uh, yeah. And, uh, crumpets. <laughs> Crumpets. Like, you know, it's funny that you say that. I had an actual crumpet for breakfast this morning. Really? Like, true story. Wow. Should have served those on uh, Milwaukee Coffee Peddler's card. It, I wish I could. I Those are the, the, the golden days. Holy oh. shit. Finally could look at us now. Down. And look at the Bears, too. They're losing by They're six. They're losing with a minute and a half left. Oh, so, um, suck if you it, Charlie. If you chose watching the Bears game over Keep the Kayfabe, you chose poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You are uh, the weakest link. So, so a little more on pack and eddie kingston um yeah. yeah i love the point you made you guys brought up about the heel versus heel dynamic i think aew's done such a great job with any heel versus heel match i mean look at the entire program between chris jericho and mjf um yeah, right? which by the way i know we talked about full gear earlier um that was we the one talk match about that was the yeah. most underwhelming in my book um you know the, obviously the women's matches had issues but i think of you know the men's matches on the main card that match was probably the most underwhelming. And that's not even to say it was bad. It was a very standard match. It did exactly what it was meant to do. Because if you think about it, MJF can't come to the brink of killing Chris Jericho when he wants to be in Chris Jericho's faction, right? So yeah. I, I thought the match was pretty good for what it was. Again, great heel versus heel match. So moving forward to this week's episode of Dynamite, we see Pac come out, Eddie Kingston, 
there's clearly a beef between the two of them. I hope we get a great match out of it. I really want to see the reunion of Death Triangle because I remember oh, when it so started. Great. It was just such a a cool idea. A the name too is so ridiculous in my opinion that it has to work. So really excited to see where this goes. Yeah, I totally. I think I think Death Triangle. I was so excited about Death Triangle, and then COVID yeah. killed it. And it's like now we're getting even if even if um, that team doesn't reform, like the story is continuing. And I think um, yeah, I think I. Th- you know, sometimes there's risk in doing heel versus heel, but not when both heels are super popular. Like well, I think everybody respects Eddie Kingston for who he is and that he busts his ass and he's an awesome promo. Everybody th- likes Pac because he's just plain awesome. I think this heel heel will work. Well, good thing Wardlow was uh, had the run he's been on in AEW while Death Triangle had to be put on the shelf because it seemed like Wardlow has filled that void and is now in the inner circle, which is probably a more important piece than MJF as far as wrestling ability goes because this guy is on a hot streak. And um, uh, uh, Swagger, God damn it, what's his name? Oh, Jake, Jake Hagar. Jake Hagar is, uh, you know, he's doing his Bellator thing. He's getting the shit beat out of him, but he's winning matches, which is great. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's legit. He won, yeah. He looked he's like winning. he uh, got into a pretty big fight. I mean, I'm not a big MMA guy, but anytime like a wrestler does win an MMA fight, uh, I'm looking at CM Punk, you know, making his run at it and being what I think I hear is embarrassing. Um, I'm glad that Hagar won, but if he needs to go do his thing, it's good that they have a little big man backup plan. So adding Wardlow into the inner circle is a huge piece. Mike, when I you were it. first pushing Wardlow all the time, yeah. um, like five months ago, I know. And I didn't really know what to think at the time, but man, and you know, over the last few weeks, you know, to give full credit, he is very green, but at the same time, despite being green you can tell he's still kind of newer to the business. He's been having some of the best matches on Dynamite consistently every week. Sure I've been has. seeing it for months. You you you, you, you had your yeah you had your finger on the pulse of that one. I was never anti Wardlow, but oh. I never I didn't get it right away either. Exactly. I just thought, oh, he's just another lug. Okay. But uh, no, that dude's good. I I will admit my logic in this because normal. Well, I will say my favorite. Pers- my favorite wrestler of all time is HBK. Smaller in stature. My other favorite guy is Chris Jericho. Smaller in stature. Not anymore. He is a honey baked ham now. Just had to get that in. But <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm never like usually a fan of the big guys. Like I always like Macho Man Randy Savage. Like I don't like, you know, like the big show is never like an attraction for me. Or like Diesel, because they're slower or whatever. Like during COVID, I was like, okay, I'm gonna try to open up a little bit and let things that aren't my initial favorite thing um into my life and try to embrace them and try to learn and try to get more appreciation honestly it's not like i was trying to uh love ward low but after seeing him do that match with cody in that cage match and having the trust that cody had in the dude to do it i mean cody said he's like deathly afraid of heights and he did a 30 uh, foot backwards moonsault into a guy that's never even wrestled on primetime television. Yeah. I was like, say? what the fuck is going on? So <laughs> that I immediately just was like, dude, I love this dude. And he's wearing like Burberry and he's like 
the backup to MJF, who is like awesome. I was like, why not love this guy? All right, I'll hitch my wagon to this dude. And you know what? I'm hitching on early. And I'm leading the charge, and I'm happy I'm still hitched up on you, Wardlow. You you called it, my friend. And the, the day he turns on MJF is oh. going to be a, a that is going to be a day that lives on. Right. Well, and it looks like him and Hagar have like a little uh, little juice going too. Yeah. Because I, yeah. At the, end of, at the end of Full Gear, they uh, basically couldn't take your one another's like two pacing tight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can't wait in the get up. Uh, from out behind the bars and rip each other's heads off. This is this is either going to form a tag team or it's going to form a feud. <laughs> that would be that. cool. Like the natural disasters like Typhoon and Earthquake. Yeah. Oh, in Hagar. They, they could run roughshod over that division. I think no. I would like that. I, I think that would be awesome. To and see that's what Hagar needs, too. too. But I'll tell you what, the, I, I actually, so given the two options between a tag team and a feud between the two, I really hope AEW makes them a tag team because yeah. I, as much as a feud would be good, I think to help bring turmoil to the inner circle, I think it would make Wordlow look bad because I have not seen one Jake Hager match and sorry, Jake, no slam on you. Cause clearly you're great at MMA. The, the pro wrestling matches I've seen with Jake Hager have not been like, it's like watching a Randy Orton match but AEW, in my opinion. So and he's got a body like a bag of milk. Exactly. Yes, a bag of milk. And then on the other side, you have muscle milk with Wardlow. So oh, yeah. put these two together, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I know Wardlow could do well in a match like that. I don't know that he could carry Jake Hager at this point, though, so I don't want to see it. Listen to this, though. It's not good for either guy. What about, Reed. remember uh, the Nation of Domination? Like, Farouk yes. was kind of like the veteran. Do I? And well, yeah, of course. How do I? I lived it exactly. <laughs> well, Farouk was like the veteran; he was kind of older, and he formed the Nation of Domination. Who was the guy that entered the Nation of Domination? That was the young stallion, Delo Brown. Sylvia, oh, who turned into the Rock. The Rock. Kind of what MJF is doing in the Inner Circle. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, the Inner Circle has become like probably the most exciting faction to keep uh, your eye on. In the AEW, I mean, yeah, we were talking up Death Triangle. Hopefully they get back together. Yeah, there's, you know, the elite. But the inner circle, as much as they've kind of um, fucked up the past year, as far as losses go. Yeah. If you will. They're kind of like on the fucking They're interesting up. now. And, you know, and you see what you see what MJF's doing. He's bribing them with trips to Vegas. He's uh, he's try, he, He's worming his way in, and half the group is totally buying into it. And then, you know, there's a couple members that aren't. This is Love just – this is an awesome story. Speaking oh, of that, I don't know how closely you guys follow all these guys on Instagram, but there were pictures posted on Instagram of the inner circle on top of the Mandalay Bay in Las Perfect. Vegas. So, wow. yes, it was a great storyline on the show, but they – They carried it through. Exactly. You, all right. Yeah. So they can you imagine being uh, at like a bachelor party in Vegas with your best friends and uh, you're still, you're, you're drunk at, you know, five 30 in the morning and you're at the buffet and guess who walks in? Of course, Chris Jericho wanting to get some food, you know, to fill his big belly and the whole inner circle comes in and you get to like eat some waffles and uh, you know, as much Crab legs, ice cream. Yeah. As you want with the inner circle that would just be the awesomest trip i i should have booked a flight 
actually. That's uh, like my that's like my memory. It's been years since I've been to Vegas, but I remember we went to like one of the casinos or one of the uh, yeah casinos, and they had a buffet and they had crab legs on there, and I just there you go. plate after plate of crab legs because Steve, you read was my all mind. You can eat. Yeah. yeah. We actually, um, I think it was last winter here in Milwaukee, we have Potawatomi Casino, which if you're from Wisconsin, you know how to say that word. If you're not from Wisconsin, you look at it and don't have a clue, but that is the casino. They have a buffet and I actually, I want to say it was Christmas. It wasn't even New Year's. It was Christmas and they had all you can eat crab legs. And just because of the timing and the distance between my family and my girlfriend's family, we just happened to be at the casino on Christmas day to get crab legs. And the line was almost out the door, but let me tell you, fantastic. So yes. the moment, Steve, you said crab legs in the background, you know, I, where I was exactly going. where you're coming yes. from. When, when you're at a buffet and they have crab legs, you eat the freaking crab legs. That's a pro tip from keep the kayfabe. And maybe Talk- with prime rib as dessert. Yes. We're talking crab legs. Crab oh. legs, not dessert. Crab nope. legs. Crab the dessert gets in the way. Yeah, you yeah. Crab it does. legs. Dessert's a good break, but it does get in the way of more crab legs. I think that's the perfect uh, way to end this episode this week, boys. Crab legs. Anytime you're at a buffet and there's crab legs, get the crab legs and don't fuck up. Get the extra ramekin of butter right away. And don't frickin' eat dessert. Eat more crab legs. Word up. And when you crack those crab legs and it makes that satisfying snapping sound, that's how legs were cracked when Greg the Hammer Valentine locked the figure four leg lock on and won championships in the WWF. Oh, man. I thought you were going to make a vicious reference there for a second. Oh, when he jumped off the top rope. I can still picture that, right? Oh, I was thinking crush. Like... Crush Kakona Crush. Rest his soul. Dude, was he yeah. even from Hawaii? No. No. I don't think so. Was it? Wait, I don't think so. He was probably from like Idaho, if anything. He seemed like, yeah, Chris was, was I can't think of his name, but uh, he was, uh, I don't, I don't think he was from Hawaii. No way. But that, I've, I've been watching a lot of superstars, actually, after we did like, uh, I don't know what episode it was, but I was like, oh, yeah, I watched, um, I watch superstars every Saturday and God, that show is just so perfect. 40 minutes, all mm-hmm. promos and they had the graphics in the end and they had these scrubs doing their thing. Like, and I just remember crush gonna... neon purple and yellow and doing his hang loose. fucking. Hey, keep the kayfabe has to maintain a certain level of integrity. And I will admit I was wrong. Brian Adams, the wrestler was from Kona, Hawaii. So he was legitimately oh. from Hawaii. Really? Do you yeah. remember when he became a ninja? Remember when he like got uh, the American Ninja Master Fuji became his manager? Yeah. And, like he painted like this was like during Mortal Kombat Sega Genesis, and yeah. I think that's when Vince was probably like, "Oh, I got my finger on the pulse on." Uh, they were doing that over in WCW as well with Glacier and Mortis and all those yeah. guys. And yep, mm-hmm. shit. Well, yeah, crab legs, boys. That was really fun. Great episode. Really look forward to uh, doing it again next week. If you haven't um, followed us on Instagram, keep the kayfabe. Do that right now. And thanks for following us on Spotify. Hit that follow button uh, so you can be up to date on the best of worldwide wrestling. 
Peace. And I, and I also just want to throw to our listener, Zelina Vega, if you need a job, we will – there's a spot here. I mean, we'd actually kick Charlie out for you. Oh, I think I should call her. Yeah, I think – I, I like that idea, Steve. I think we need a more inclusive cast yes. here at yes. Keep Kayfabe. So, we need yeah, a women's absolutely. perspective. Yeah. Hit us up on Instagram if you're interested. We got to – yeah, I'll shoot her a note see what she says. Perfect. Like, hurt. Like a, you know a the dumbest – the dumbest question is the one not asked. Word up. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's right. Words. I think Jesus said that. Crab legs. Oh, my God. everybody. So why so many be trouble round here pretty soon? Glass across the room, I see this youngster getting ready to fight. But if you mess with the nuts, this is such good shit. <laughs>